three Pete Callender show. I'm the Pete. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers if you would like to participate in the program here on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Pete Callender if I'm not shadow banned. Um, or you can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. I do have emails. I'm going to get to them shortly. I just want to get to this uh, topic real quick because do you remember? do you remember Scott Huffman? Remember that guy? He was, yeah, he ran for Congress against Dan Bishop here in in, uh, North Carolina. And uh, I had Dan Bishop on one day. I had him on the program like months before the election and had him on the program. And all of a sudden, uh, I started getting email spam from all of these left wing moon bats that were like, you need to have equal time for Scott Huffman. And I said, yeah, I'm glad to have him on. And so I just had him on and asked him the same questions along the same topics. Because, first off, there was no equal time requirement. I did not have to have him on because Dan Bishop is a sitting congressman. We were talking about bona fide news stories. Um, And so I don't need to have him on. But you know me. I'm a giver. And so I said, yeah, come on on the show. So uh, he comes on the program. And I'm trying to remember, was it the, yeah, it was the abortion issue. When do rights obtain? I think that's what I asked him. And man, he danced, danced and danced and danced. And uh, in general, uh, I think it did not go well for him. But his fans loved it. They were, oh, gosh, Scott, you're so brilliant. Oh, Pete's terrible. So uh, anyway, uh, he lost, uh, got blown out uh, in that race, by the way. Uh, But he's still on the Twitter machine. And still chasing that clout, still trying to get the followers and such, trying to parlay that into a talking head gig on MSNBC, I suspect, because it pays, uh, you know, your contributor or something like that. They'll give you some scratch for that. Uh, I suspect that's the play here. Unless he just likes throwing money away with the candidate filing fees every single election cycle, which there are people that do that. I've never understood that. They can't win a race. They've been told repeatedly by voters, go away, but they keep going down there and filing to run for office, spending the money. And it, when you run for Congress, it's a lot of money. It's like thousands of dollars. And they you drop all that money on the table. And yes, I want to run. And then they, they go out and they, they quote campaign and then they get blown out again. And so anyway, I'm not sure what his long-term plan is, but he's all over the Twitter machine. And he started uh, the other day, he said he started this uh, back and forth by saying that the U S electrical grid faces cyber attacks 24-7, and now it faces MAGA domestic terrorist attacks hell-bent on overthrowing our democracy. And so I asked him simply, source, I would like to see, I mean, I am in the business of discussing news and current events, and I prefer to uh, get my news from multiple sources, and so I'd like to know what is the source of this intel that you have. That it's a MAGA domestic terrorist attack. I'd like to, right, because that would be newsworthy. I haven't seen that reported anywhere. I mean, I've seen the the wild speculation fueled on the Moonbat left, the Blue Anon crowd. Uh, I, I've seen their wild speculation theories, but I've not seen any source for where this comes from. So I asked, what's the source? And he said, I'm the source. So I think from now on, 
we shall refer to him as Scott the Source Huffman. Because he is the source, much like, right, much like Fauci is the science, right? Tony the Science Fauci. It is Scott the Source Huffman. That's his wrestling name. So he says he's the source for this information. So I, I pointed out, well, then you need to relay that information to authorities so they can, they can make the arrests, right? We can get these maniacs off the street. And I said you could even collect a reward. It's like $75,000. And then he says, uh, well, no, he can't do that. He doesn't have the time to do this because, you know, I'm out here delivering uh, uh, generators to people in Moore County. I'm better than you, Pete. I'm delivering these generators for the, for the affected victims of these MAGA terrorists. Which was weird because when he sent this tweet... Power is already back on. So I'm not sure why he was still getting the generators for the people of Moore County if they had their power restored. Maybe I mean, maybe he's aware of some other people that needed them or whatever. But what also doesn't make sense is that if you're driving, because he doesn't live in Moore County, as I understand it. So if, you, if you're going to pick up, all right, let's say that you're going to go and you're going to find the generator, right? You're going to all these different stores. I mean, maybe you could make a phone call to the FBI while you're in the car going to the store to get the generator. And be like, hey, I know who did it. I'm, you know, Scott, the source Huffman. And so I'm going to give you the source, the information. I'm going to tell you who did it. But maybe he lives very close to these hardware stores. And so he, it's not enough time to make that call. Because he says he doesn't have time because he's getting all the generators. But at some point, at some point, you have loaded up your vehicle with generators where you cannot fill any more uh, of the, the space, right? Like the back of the truck is full. Maybe you got a thing in the back and that's full too. You're carrying a, a trailer or something. Or maybe he's, maybe he didn't even have a pickup truck. Maybe it's like a small little Prius or something and you can fit like two in there. But at some point it's full. And at that point you're like, okay, time to make my way to the victims, right? Now, unless those victims also live as close to you as the hardware store is, I'm thinking you got time to make the call to the FBI or even 911. You could just call into the local police. You could do that. I mean, hell, you've been running for office. You probably know a lot of these local officials, right? You've gone to the, the pig pickings and the chicken dinners with them, right? You probably kissed a bunch of their babies and shaken their hands. So why not just, you know, make a couple phone calls, make one phone call to someone, one person, a single person. So, so you can out these maniacs so they don't shoot up another power substation. It's actually pretty selfish. Although I wonder, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he did it. Why else would he not want to relay this information to authorities? Why else would he not want $75,000 in reward money for the information leading to the, uh, the arrest and conviction of the perpetrator? Unless it's him. He couldn't use the 75K. He probably couldn't even collect it. There's probably a statute or something. Like if you did the crime, you don't get to get the reward for turning yourself in. Something like that. Do you think there's a law like There should be a law like that. I assume there's a law like that. But then again, I assume that, you know, if you get caught embezzling money in your government job, that you would forfeit your pension. But no, that wasn't the case only up until recently. So not in North Carolina, at least. So maybe this guy did it. He is truly the source. He's the source of the attack. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I, did, I didn't connect the dots. <laughs> oh, I kid Scott the source, Huff.
it. I kid, I kid. Meanwhile, USA Today reporting that a shooting that damaged two power substations in a North Carolina county, leaving thousands of homes without power, has been deemed a targeted attack as officials warn of threats to the nationwide infrastructure. Days before the attack, the Department of Homeland Security issued a bulletin through its National Terrorism Advisory System, warning that the United States remains in a heightened threat environment and, quote, lone offenders and small groups may commit acts of violence on various targets, including critical infrastructure in the country. The bulletin follows a report that was made in January, the beginning of the year, in which the Department of Homeland Security warned that domestic extremists have been developing credible, specific plans to attack electricity infrastructure since at least 2020. Extremists, quote, adhering to a range of ideologies, will likely continue to plot and encourage physical attacks against electrical infrastructure. More than 6,400 power plants and 450,000 miles of transmission lines run across the country. This makes it very, very difficult to protect. In 2013, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission ordered grid operators to increase security following a sniper attack on a California power substation. That case remains unsolved, but it caused power outages and millions of people were advised to conserve energy at the time. We've talked about that incident uh, the other day. But then the USA Today article mentions another incident, that a Utah man was arrested in 2016 after he used a rifle to shoot a substation, took it offline. I had not heard this story, 2016. So I went went looking for it. And what's really interesting about that story is that the guy pleaded guilty, he's in prison, had admitted to doing this to multiple substations, and there's no mention anywhere of his motive. I'll tell you what I mean. I'll give you the uh, the details here. Hey, a reminder. The Light the Nights Festival is going on through January 6th at Truist Field in Uptown, where you can make many, 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 merry memories. I didn't even think I was going to be able to do that. What did Al Gardner describe himself as? A, a gymnast of the tongue or something? An athlete of the tongue. There you go. Anyway, there's ice skating rink. There's snow tubing hills, like 150 feet long. Um, you can see the light show. Meet Santa. They got shopping, Christmas trees, holiday treats, live entertainment, hockey, figure skating, the snowtastic winter wonderland, tr- Christmas tree lane. It's just they got so much stuff. They got the holiday market, uh, Charlotte Christmas Village, where you can uh, buy stuff, buy presents and stuff. So it's just it's a great way to start a new tradition at Light the Nights Festival at Truist Field in Uptown uh, now through January 6th. Let me get uh, Ralph on the on the line here. Hello, Ralph. What's going on? Hey, hey, Pete. I wonder, you know, this guy, could, the source, could be complicit, and he, you know, might be harboring a, you know, a, a known fugitive that can go out and commit another crime. Right. This is my concern, where he says that, like, he's he's obviously identified the 
the philosophy of the attacker of the substations as a MAGA domestic terrorist, a, a, a Trump-loving domest, a domestic terrorist. And so uh, he must know something about this individual to, to make that assumption, right, To make or assertion, I should say. So, yeah, he may have him, like, stowed away in the basement or something. Well, it, possibly he could go to the Walmart and, and maybe sniff some people and see, you know, uh, do the sniff test on them and, you know, smelly... Uh, Walmart people, you know that's, that's that's true. A trait of the MAGA people, right? Right, that's true. That that is how they uh, that's how they describe them in the FBI uh, text messages, uh, I believe. Right there's a, there's a certain odor that uh, that that uh, the deplorables have at the WalMarts. I've been told. If you if you got uh, Chris Wexler on speed dial, maybe you could call him and <laughs> and uh, he could get some of his uh, cohorts to uh, jump on this. Yeah, maybe so. I'll. Uh, I'll see what I could do. Ralph, I appreciate the call. Thank you. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Um, we're talking about Scott the Source Huffman. Scott the Source Huffman. He said uh, that MAGA domestic terrorists, hell-bent on overthrowing our democracy, uh, attacked the U.S. electrical grid. That was his assertion. And when I asked him the source, he said he's the source. And then I didn't even realize it at the time, but now I realize, like, Maybe he was admitting culpability right there, that he's the source, so he knows. So even though he ran as a left-wing moonbat Democrat in, in the congressional race against Dan Bishop, maybe, in fact, he's a MAGA domestic terrorist. You would never suspect. My God, the depravity. All right, so in the USA Today article about North Carolina substations, uh, the attack on the substations being a wake-up call, I'm not holding my breath on that, but... Um, being a wake-up call, there was a mention of a, a case out of Utah, 2016. And so I went looking for this information. And here's the extent of what I could find. This is from the St. Louis Tribune from May 10th, 2019. So three years after this attack on a substation in Utah. Here it is. A Utah man, a Utah man, will be barred from six counties in the state for three years after he is released from prison, and he's got to pay back more than $380,000 as punishment for shooting an energy substation and causing major power outages. Stephen Plato McRae, 59 years old, agreed to those conditions as part of a plea deal in U.S. District Court in Salt Lake City, according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office. The agreement also mandates that he spends... 96 months in prison, that is eight years, eight years in jail, in prison. And when he gets out, he's not allowed to enter eight counties. Um, and he's got to pay back $380,000 in, uh, in, in damages, which I'm sure will be very easy to do, what with his criminal record and all. Um, McRae was also initially charged with counts of possession of marijuana, possession of a firearm by a restricted person, but they were dismissed as part of the plea agreement. In the agreement, McRae admitted to shooting another substation in San Juan County and two more in Nevada back in 2015 and 2016. He was not charged in those shootings, though. And that's it. That's all the information I could find about this guy in this case. This guy 
shot up at least four substations over the course of, what, two years. Got caught. Got sentenced to eight years in prison. Is banned from entering eight counties when he gets out of prison. And there's not a single mention of his motive? That's odd. Isn't that odd? Maybe somebody could ask this guy. Maybe I'll start up a pen pal. Ooh, we should do like a pen pal campaign for him. They're always doing those types of things, right? They call them uh, pen pen pals, right? Isn't that what they're called? Or in the pen pals, something like that? Uh, There have been others. There have been other attacks besides the ones I just listed. Which apparently are a lot of people that have been very mad about the drag shows going on for many, many years. On September 21st in uh, Florida, this is Zephyr Hills North substation in Pasco County. Manual, somebody manually tripped the equipment, which caused an outage lasting nine minutes. So somebody went in, and I imagine, what with all of my expertise in energy substation design, um, I assume that they got access into in, inside the gate, right? Maybe even inside a building of some kind. And then they pulled the big switch, you know, the big boom, switch that like, what do you call those things? What kind of switch is that thing? Not like a little switch, like a light switch, but a big, yeah, what's the big one called? Yeah, like a big, not a breaker switch, but a big, yeah, like a big handle, you know, and it like flips down vertically, that kind of deal. It's cartoonish, I know, but I, that's my imagination going. Anyway, so one day later, somebody forces entry at Duke Energy's East Clearwater substation in Pinellas County. This was all in September. So somebody gains access, manually trips the equipment, causes an outage. A day later, in another county, somebody gains entrance and manually trips the equipment, causing another outage. The report filed by Duke Energy said that the last two incidents followed four other Similar substation intrusion events, all of which occurred in Florida during the month of September. So that's six. That's half a dozen in Florida in September alone, where somebody didn't stand outside and shoot at it. Somebody actually got in and knew enough to pull the big handle lever thing, which obviously, if that is what it looks like, then that would be like, hey, look at me, pull me. I mean, it's very clear what you would know what that looks like, you know. Federal law enforcement suspects that the people behind the Florida intrusions likely have inside knowledge of the grid and understand how to power down equipment without causing damage. All those mega domestic tears. Outside of the weather, suspected and confirmed physical attacks on electric grid infrastructure has been the largest cause of electrical disturbance events since 2014 according to nearly 600 electric emergency incidents and disturbances were caused by suspected and confirmed physical attacks and vandalism in nine years there have been 106 attacks or vandalism incidents from january through august of this year alone that is the latest data being tracked by the energy department and uh, among the years reviewed by nbc news 2022 is the first that reached triple digits and it only contains eight months of data 
Something is obviously happening here. Something is obviously happening. I don't know what it is. All righty, we covered a lot. Uh, we covered a lot in the uh, the program. Uh, so let me see if I can get to a bunch of uh, the correspondence, a.k.a. emails and tweets and such. Uh, let's see. William says, Pete, the big handle thing on the electrical system that you pull down that that, that turns the power off. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, producer Chris here, he says it's the uh, he says it's the switch for the electric chair, which is <laughs> like you see, it's not the official name, but he is so correct because. As soon as you say it, everybody knows what that image is now, right? It's the big switch that they pull on the electric chair. I mean, in the cartoons and movies and such. I don't even know. Do they do we they even do the electric chair anymore? I think it's all now by the by the the needles, right? Or firing squad. I think Texas brought that back. Well, some state brought back the firing squad, I believe. Okay. So uh, William says it is called the electric disconnect or main disconnect or sub-panel disconnect. But in any case, it is known as the disconnect. Dis-connect, he's spelling it. As opposed to... As opposed to what? Dat-connect? Okay, it's disconnect. I got you. All right. Um, Thank you, William. It's disconnect. Um, Tim says, Pete, I guess this may be response... Well, yeah, response to Tim Hawley, U.S. Senator, who said the GOP is dead. Uh, we got to be the new party of the working class. He says, um, Pete, I received a survey slash solicitation letter from the RNC recently. They were asking all kinds of questions pertaining to politics. I dutifully filled out the survey, leaving a very honest, a.k.a. disparaging, opinion of the present-day situation. And at the bottom of the uh, four-page survey, they were asking for donations to help preserve the country, quote unquote. I put a post-it note there, which stated something like, quote, when the RNC gets its poop together, then I may contribute in the future. I then taped two pennies to the survey and returned it via U.S. Postal Service. Because that was his two cents. Get it? I like it, Tim. Uh, Joseph says, so basically, what... Senator Hawley is saying is that Pat Buchanan was right. 30 years too late and the damage is done, but I guess better late than never. Well, okay, but in Hawley's defense, I think the guy, he may have been like 9 or 10 years old at the time. I don't. He doesn't seem like a very old fella. Um, Stan says, Pete, in regards to your comments about something seems odd, some things seeming odd regarding the power station shooting, if, and the uh, the multiple attacks going, I mean, this is now, we're hearing, like, this has been going on for a while. I mentioned the other day, there was one earlier this month, or last month, I should say, in November, uh, in Mayfield, North Carolina, right? There was a similar attack. You had these two, obviously, in Moore County. Uh, I think there was a shooting near a substation in South Carolina, either yesterday or today, but they're not sure if that's connected to an actual attack on the, the facility or if it was just, you know, nearby gunfire. Um But in Florida, in September, there were six intrusions. Um, And there were all these other stories now that we're finding out there have been hundreds of these types of uh, attacks over the course of the last decade. 
Um, and, and by the way, there's a whole other component that I haven't even gotten to, which is how this stuff is reported and who's responsible, who's being held accountable for hardening the grid and keeping it safe and secure. And the industry is basically self-policing on this. Um, so, okay, if you are examining facts logically and at face value, your assumptions about things being odd would be correct. But if filter in the fact that it's coming from Democrats who just want more power and control over our lives, you'd come to an entirely different conclusion. Something hard to wrap your head around, especially for someone as logical as you. I love your show, Pete. Listen every day while working. Well, thank you, Stan. I appreciate it. I kind of feel like that was almost insulting, though. But uh, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. Uh, No, I get it. Yeah. And this is why I say when things don't make sense, reassess your assumptions, reexamine your assumptions, because that's usually where you have made the mistake. Right. If A equals B and B equals C, then you would expect A to equal C. But if A doesn't equal C, then one of those initial assumptions was incorrect. Right. That A doesn't equal B or B doesn't equal C, because obviously then the conclusion would be what you thought it would be. But if it's not, then your assumptions were incorrect. Um, I, well, you know me, I'm an optimist, so I try not to think in these sort of in these sort of terms, but I do have concerns that, you know, we're seeing some sort of coordinated effort and I don't know who's behind it. I have some guesses. None of them good. I mean, they're good guesses. Don't get me wrong, but like none of the, like, but what it would portend would be really bad, right? Do you want them to be domestic or foreign actors? I don't know which one I would prefer. They're both bad. Um, all right, let me go over here to, uh, Oh, hang on. People tampering with power. Bob says, um, it's not a new phenomenon. I worked for Duke Power, Duke Energy uh, for, uh, well, that's almost 40 years, looks like. happened. Uh, it happens frequently. During the late 70s, early 80s, a period of rapidly rising electricity rates and nuclear power plant construction vandalism spiked. Oh, interesting. Oh, I guess for, from the anti-nuke crowd, that would make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, eco-terrorism. That's a very believable, that is an even more believable um, theory than a bunch of MAGA deplorables angry at a, at a drag show, right? That's what I mean. There is a pattern of this. I don't know if, all, if it's all coordinated, but it seems like the, like the rates are going up. The numbers are going up. Um, Jay says, uh, the only way we can fix this regarding Washington, D.C. Uh, is to figuratively figuratively nuke D.C., remove every elected official, forcibly retire all appointees, retire all staffers, ban all of the above from K Street. And that's a good start. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that's a very, I don't think that's a realistic plan, Jay, but I appreciate the email. Uh, the email. Um, Pete, the Democrats call everything that happens they don't agree with a constitutional crisis. So with the censoring of information at the behest of law enforcement, denial of status by IRS of one side's involvement in the political process and the voting rules change done so with the intent to cheat. Then people currently running the executive branch are indeed not the ones who'd be there if the constitutional norms and rights weren't violated. Personally, I would call that a constitutional crisis, but that's just me. Uh, And then there is this message. This comes from Chris who says, Pete, uh, Do you realize that there are 119 episodes of the Rockford Files? 
I did not. I did not know that there were 119 episodes. I mean, I oh, okay. I come from a I come from a land where our our seasons are uh, now just uh, eight episodes long, and you'll be grateful you get them. No, I remember the days where an, a season was like twenty something weeks, right? It's like half a year, like the off season when something went off air for the season, the season finale. It was like, oh man, I missed it because we didn't have VCRs back then. So if you missed it, well, you just missed it, and. Then you'd have to wait for the recap to come. But, I mean, that would be like after the summer. So you just had to wait through the end of the summer. And there would be reruns. Maybe you'd catch it on a rerun or something. And then the new season would start. They'd do a recap, and you would now have to watch every single week at the same time to, you know, to get the story. But nowadays, nowadays they release, like, here's our season one. And it's like eight episodes, and they dump them all at once. I'm, I'm saying I don't like it. That's what I'm saying. All right, so there are 119 episodes of The Rockford Files. I haven't given it a thought since the 70s, but I couldn't rest until I heard that whole theme song again. And now that I've started it, well, I have to rewatch all seven seasons. That's right. No choice in the matter. It's the law, and it's all your fault. That is from Chris. I make no apologies for it, Chris. I've been... Ooh. Well, I've never gotten this deep into the theme before. That's a harmonica. All righty. So I've been using it when I talk about the Twitter files. Yes. The second round got dumped. Uh, Barry Weiss writing it up. I think I might have time to go back and hit a couple more of these points. So I'm going to circle back on that, a la Jen Psaki. Remedy. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a couple of messages here from The Hellion on Twitter. Um, Pete, I am 50. I am the video game generation. I don't care for mobile gaming. It just sounds silly. If I'm mobile, I'm doing other things. I'm sure there is a niche. Uh, when I am gaming, I want my PC and the 50-inch curved monitor. <laughs> right. I think... So this is one of the things people don't realize. The average age of a gamer is actually like mid-40s now uh, because of my generation, Gen X, the best, right? Um, that we are, we were the first ones. And so, yeah, like I'm 48 and the Hellion here says he's uh, 50. I think part of the difference in the mobile game use, there are a lot of women who play the Candy Crush and the Wordle and the Words with Friends and that sort of thing. So that that is such a big part of the market. And... They are, um, and so it's not necessarily uh, that they're mobile. It's just that it's on the phone, and these are the games that they like to play while they're, you know, sitting around or whatever. Whereas the guys like you and me, we grew up uh, with the game consoles. Like, you sit down to play a game, like, that's what you're doing, right? You're not multitasking, quote-unquote, which is really just a, yeah, that's just a big fancy word for trying to do a lot of different things at once and not doing any of them well. That's what multitasking means, okay? In my view, like I sit down, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to watch a TV show, I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to sit down and play a video game, I'm going to play the game, right? I'm focused. And uh, so the mobile also is the kids. I think part of it also is that um, the kids have better eyesight. 
I think they get they they can play these games on their mobile devices because um, they're not blind like us. Like I look at my, I've had to expand my mobile screen now. I've had to like blow it up bigger so I can actually read text messages. I know it's. Ah! That's the old saying: getting old ain't for sissies. Shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, tank of gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother. Any blues I By the way, to recap the uh, the Twitter files uh, story, everything that conservatives said Twitter was doing to them, it's true. It was true. That's the recap. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. I can feel a good one coming on Another message here regarding the uh, use of the Rockford Files tune for our Twitter Files segments. Back in the day, we had up to 37 weeks of TV shows each year. By the way, your mom loved the Rockford Files. Signed, Dad. All right, thanks, Dad. I did not know that. I've actually never seen an episode of the Rockford Files. I swear. Quick reminder, bike drive getting underway in a mere two hours here at the station. Love to see you. Bring a bike. I'll be hanging out there all night long, starting at like 5 o'clock or so. Come on by, bring a bike, bring some cash. We really appreciate it. Stick around. Brett Winterbull coming up next. I'll see you Monday or later tonight for the bike drive. And don't break anything while I'm gone.